Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hey loves, in this episode we're chatting with Shay Gomez from No Booze Babes. You all know that we adore a good cocktail here at the Not So Simple Life, but on the flip side, we also love the mental clarity and overall well-being that we feel when we aren't drinking a bunch of fun cocktails. For all you sober curious people out there, this may be the episode for you. Shay is coming on today to shed some light on the amazing life benefits that come with sobriety. Pour yourself a cocktail or a mocktail and let's get this show started. Hello, happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day it is for you. Thanks for being here. We're excited to have you guys. And we have a really interesting guest talking about an interesting topic, sobriety. What are your thoughts, Soph? Hmm. I wouldn't say it's for me at this point in my life. (laughs) Totally respect people who can do it and make that choice to go sober because I'm sure it's not easy. And I'm sure a lot of good benefits come with it too, of course. Yeah, I mean, obviously when I haven't been drinking, that's when my body and my mind feels its best. But Mm -hmm. I also look forward to the nights out where I'm going to go and have a drink with my friends and go a bit wild. So I'm not quite ready to head down that sobriety route just yet. I know. A night out drinking still feels good for the soul too at this point in my life. But you know that we've all had those mornings where we wake up, the hangovers are so bad. How many times have we all said, I'm done drinking. I am not drinking for the week. I'm not drinking for the month. I'm done. Every time. Every time. (laughs) Those hangovers like are hitting different as the years go on. I know. To be honest though, I had bad hangovers ever since I started drinking. When I was like 15, I was done the next day. See, I like to think that They weren't so bad for me when I was like first in New York City, 17, 18, 19. But then when I took my first break from drinking and just didn't drink very much and was like really focusing on health and fitness, once I started drinking again, my hangovers were just never the same. Like I feel like I'm 50 years old at this point when it comes to my hangovers. Like I can have two cocktails sometimes and my next day is dark. But you know why it's a good thing? Because if we didn't have that hangover, I would end up getting drunk like every night. It's the hangover that stops (laughs) me from drinking every day because it's like I could never drink the night before I have a shoot or a job or even a casting like, never, I just can't do it because I'm, I'm a write-off the next day so that actually saves me and it shows in my face my face will puff up oh my god I'm so puffy after a night of drinks well mm-hmm. how many days would you say that you've gone without drinking before there always has to be a reason for it so like sometimes if I'm on a long course of antibiotics I think my longest I've gone is like three weeks okay yeah I've probably gone like a month or so and honestly like I'm not that attached to it. Like in the summer when like there's so much fun going on and everyone's drinking and out and by the pool, maybe I drink a little bit more, but I could say I'm done drinking tomorrow and like be totally fine for like a month. Yeah. I mean, I love to take breaks every now and then and feel healthy, but personally, I don't think I need to cut it out forever. I think that's only Mm -hmm. something I would ever consider if I found myself starting to become more and more dependent on it to the point where I was like waking up and straight away thinking I really want to drink and having strong urges. I would take a step back so I don't fall down that rabbit hole because that is not a rabbit hole you want to fall down. 
But I'm excited to get her on here and just get her perspective because I know that she once lived in New York as well. So I'm sure she had her crazy nights out like us. And what's so fun about her page is that she talks about mocktails all the time and like not just your average mocktails. Like she drinks like alcohol-free beers. She finds like different wines that are alcohol-free. She makes like adaptogenic cocktails that are supposed to like give you a nice little buzz without, you know, the hangover. And on the topic of mocktails, something that I've started loving drinking is a vodka with sparkling water and lychee juice and now i'm so obsessed with the taste of the drink i will just have lychee juice with sparkling water as like a little spritzer yeah. and it is so refreshing and good and i don't have to add the vodka every time and so that's my little tip for anyone who wants a non-alcoholic drink I totally did that the other day with um, orange juice. I honestly think I love sugary cocktails so much that like a lot of times when I'm wanting a drink, I'm more just like wanting the fun sugary Mm -hmm. something. And so the other day it was like 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning and like I could have grabbed a mimosa, but instead I just put sparkling water in with some fresh squeezed orange juice and it totally like hit my craving. I was good. I think I was just craving the taste of it more than anything. 100%. Well, let's get Shay on here and get this episode going. Shay, thank you so much for coming on here today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you guys doing? We're good and excited to talk about sobriety. It's a brand new topic on our show and it's a topic that I think is going to interest a lot of people. So maybe do you want to start this off by introducing yourself and tell us a bit about your mission behind No Booze Babes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is Shay Gomez and I am the founder and creator of No Booze Babes, which is a community of just like badass babes who are looking to live their life without the booze. You know, I'm looking to just like normalize and glamorize sobriety because there's such a stigma around it. And honestly, Ditching the booze for me was like the best thing I've ever done. And I just wanted to create a safe space where people could come, not be judged, no matter where they are on their journey, whether they're taking a break, whether they consider themselves sober, whether they just call themselves a no booze babe or hangover free, and also a space where I can share my journey as well. So can you share with us a little bit about your own personal journey with sobriety and what made you decide to commit to becoming completely sober? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just years of, you know, I was very much a social drinker. Um, I love to go out, go dancing. I mean, and I moved to New York City right after college, and that's really when my drinking revved up because, I mean, you can go out like any hour of the day. So I always tried to moderate or I do like dry Januaries or no drink November and all of these things. And I always went right back to the same pattern of, I was prone to blacking out and sometimes I would like say things or do things that I would never do in like a sober mindset if I hadn't been drinking. And I don't know, I felt like I just had to like apologize for things that I didn't even remember saying or, you know, I would be falling like just it was just not me. I was like, this is not who I am. And then I'd have that, like what we call hangxiety, that like hangover anxiety the next day being Mm -hmm. like, I feel like shit and I look like shit. And what did I say? And did I like kiss that guy? Did I go home with him? I don't fucking know. Right. So all of that was just like, not me. And I was like, this is just not allowing me to live my best life. You know, I'd go to work hungover. I do musical theater. So I also saw that sometimes I'd go into auditions and maybe I wouldn't be able to like hit the high note as easily as if I hadn't drank. 
it just started affecting a lot of aspects of my life. And so, like I said, I did a ton of breaks. And then finally, I went to a wedding with an open bar. And, you know, an open bar can be very dangerous. Very Um, dangerous. (laughs) And I was in a relationship at the time. And I think also having him in my life made me think, like, it was kind of like a big mirror in front of me. You know, I was not only affecting myself in my life, but I was also affecting this person that I loved so much. So I went to this wedding and it was like a wedding of a person who I went to high school with. So I was super anxious. I was like chugging rosé before Mm -hmm. I was at the open bar every second. And I just like was falling and called myself an Uber. And, you know, there had been nights like this before and I just felt like crap the next day and I just was like something's got to change I just can't keep doing this and so I reached out to a friend who's actually very open about his sober journey and I pretty much just like bawled my eyes out to him and was like I just need to take a break so I started with a three-month break because I'm like that is tangible like Mm -hmm. saying I'll never drink again is super final and freaking scary so I was like three months that that I can do so I started with a break and honestly that led to so many breakthroughs and I found the sober community on Instagram I read quit literature and I just kept extending the break then after six months I actually created no booze babes is kind of almost an accountability as well for me kind of like hello world like I'm booze free and like I'm living my best life and you can still be glamorous without you know alcohol in your glass and Mm -hmm. yeah I never thought I'd be almost two years sober now long story short I like to talk so I'm just (laughs) sorry (laughs) which is great because we're on a podcast so we love talking (laughs) right we started the podcast because we like to talk too so we love it I love it but I know that there's often a stigma around sobriety that people must have a problem if they're sober or they must have had a terrible relationship with alcohol if they're sober. I want to open up this conversation and get your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important for people to know that you don't have to hit a quote-unquote rock bottom to stop drinking. If you are questioning your relationship with alcohol, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to want something better for yourself. I think just the word sober and sobriety has such a stigma of like, you are on the streets, you're stumbling, bumbling, you're going to AA, you're all of these things. And sure, that is some people's journeys. But for me personally, that was not mine. Like I said, very much a social drinker. I wasn't, you know, hiding alcohol or any of the things that people see in the movies. But I was looking forward to the next time I could drink or when I'd go out with my girlfriends, I'd be thinking about the next glass of wine. Like, is there gonna be enough in the bottle? Just like these unhealthy things that I realized Like booze was taking up a lot of my headspace. So you really don't have to hit a rock bottom. You don't even have to call yourself sober if you feel like that doesn't resonate with you. Well, something that comes along with drinking is a hangover. It was bank holiday weekend. I experienced the hangover. It was terrible. I woke up saying, I'm never drinking again. Can we get into anxiety and what your kind of theory around it is? Have you experienced it? Was this one of the things that made you decide like drinking is not for me? I don't want to deal with this anymore because a lot of people get the Sunday scaries and it can be frightening. Like thinking, like you said, like, what did I do? What did I say? And the next day is just horrible. Yes. Well, first of all, hangovers 
are the worst. They suck. The worst. You feel like shit. You like are so dry and parched. I remember like chugging Pedialyte and just being like, please, Lord, like make me get through <laughs> this shift or get through this day. Not fun. So hangovers suck. And then just the anxiety on top of it. Obviously, alcohol just elevates everything. It escalates situations. It makes you more emotional. So it just amplifies anxiety or however you're feeling. So that anxiety is like waking up the next morning and like obviously being like, what did I do? Or regretting stuff or feeling like shit or, you know, it's just all of those things wrapped in a beautiful hangover bow. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's not it. And I've personally found myself after a night like that and then the morning, I almost had to like make myself feel better by saying like, oh, well, I do remember this part. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like giving myself credit for like the parts mm -hmm. of the night I remember just to make myself feel a little less like shit. And you know, it's not fun to have to like advocate for yourself and be like, oh, like we were just having fun, you know, just play it off. And you know, I think especially as I got older, I'm 28 and as I got older, I realized that alcohol was really not mixing well with my body. And sometimes I'd have like two glasses of wine and be like, like so miserable the next day. And other times I'd be fine. And it was just kind of this like game and it wasn't a fun one. So yeah, I mean, anxiety just sucks. And I just no longer wanted that. And honestly, I've been almost two years sober and to not have hangovers is just the most freeing thing ever. You know, I'm not canceling plans. I'm not feeling like shit. My body is like actually functioning in the way it should. I mean, I don't want to get into TMI, but like hangovers the next day, your body was not having it. It was not mm -hmm. happy with you. Right. You can do a million face masks. You can try to like soak it up with greasy Chinese food, but just my body is just so much happier. And I feel like my mental health has obviously changed drastically and is so much better and you just feel more connected and more in tune with your body because it's not playing tricks on you like it does with alcohol it's crazy I'm 24 next month and I already feel like my hangovers are just drastically stronger and every single time I have a hangover I'm saying that same thing that Sophie said I'm never drinking again mm -hmm. I'm We've over this <laughs> it's like it really makes you weigh the pros and cons of drinking because like oftentimes the morning after is so dark so you have to really hope that that night before really felt worth it definitely one thing that does make becoming sober way more difficult is how social the act of drinking is so like if you're going out in a social setting people have a drink before they go just to relax themselves and so they feel more comfortable and they can speak more easily to people they've never met so what is your advice to people who want to go out sober but their social anxiety is just like crippling them to the point where they have to drink mm -hmm. well I think just having a game plan before you know when you stop drinking you get tired more easily whether that's taking like a little power nap before whether that's you know it depends on where you're at in your journey too I think the beginning can be very intimidating because it's like what the fuck do I even order? Like, am I going to look awkward dancing? All of these things play in your head. And I think it's important to know that, you know, everyone's so focused on themselves when they're going out, like how they look, what they're doing, who they're talking to. So I think a lot of the times we're so worried that all eyes are going to be on us and everyone's going to notice that like, oh, you're not holding a drink in your hand. Like one of the main things I always say is have a drink in your hand, go to that bar, get a club soda with lime. People could think it's a, they can th think whatever the hell they want. It's a vodka soda to them. Who knows? But 
just setting yourself up for success in that way. I think also um, you kind of start to navigate like what you can order at bars. Um, a lot of the times they'll have like a non-alcoholic beer. I'm all about like non-alcoholic options. That is not for everyone. Some people can find them triggering. And of course you just gotta know yourself. Personally, they've been like my saving grace in sobriety, but just knowing what to order and just having that game plan. And then also having like an exit strategy. If you ever feel uncomfortable or feel like people are pressuring you or anything like that, knowing that you can leave and be like, you know what? I got like an early workout class. You know, it's okay to kind of like save yourself and say, oh, you know what? Like I've work early in the morning or whatever it is to just like protect yourself in that moment, especially in the beginning. I think now that I'm almost two years sober, I find it empowering to go out. I find it empowering to remember everything I say, every interaction, maybe even remember people's names that I meet. Like Lord knows we all meet girls in the bathroom. We're like, you're my best friend. You know what I mean? Have those moments and just to have genuine connections and to also like as women going out and drinking can be very scary. You know, just being aware of your surroundings and remembering getting home safe and not losing your phone or did I leave my credit card at this random bar? It's just empowering to know that you are there a hundred percent and that when you're meeting people, you remember it and you're just fully present. It's amazing. You can still dance the night away till three or four in the morning and it's so freaking fun and you'll remember every moment. And I think it's all about, you know, remembering those memories you create and not like numbing them or having them just be one big blur. So then how do you deal with peer pressure from friends and family? Because I know that I always say misery loves company, even when Mm -hmm. we're not talking about miserable topics, but people who are drinking love everyone else around them to be drinking. So I'm sure it's a very common thing when people finally decide to make that decision and take that leap to be sober, that that's something they have to deal with is their friends being like, what the heck? So how do you deal Mm -hmm. with this? Well, I feel very lucky in my situation that my friends were very supportive. I think what's important to know is your friends love you for you. They're not like, oh, you're not drinking. Like, cool. Like I... I don't like you anymore. I mean, and if that is the case, then you got to get new friends because you are amazing and you don't need booze to like amplify yourself or to be more beautiful or any of these things. So to just be like open and honest with them and just be like, Hey, you know, like I'm taking a break, like not feeling my best. I just don't want to have hangovers for a month or two or never again, you know, just remind yourself that you're doing this for you. You're doing this so that you can live your best life, put your best foot forward. And I think that's hard too, because obviously, like I said, I was very much a social drinker and friendships do change. I noticed the friendships that I was just going out drinking with them and that's all we had in common. And I'm like, wait, so it's kind of, it's not a genuine friendship of like really connecting and that trust. And it was just like, hey, I'm going to this club. Hey, I got bottle service here. And so that changes. And I think that can be hard too. But again, just coming back to yourself and kind of having your like your little lines ready and just saying, hey, you know, like it's not serving me. Like, hey, like you don't want to see drunk me or you know, I think some people, some friends will have to mourn the drinking version of you. And that's okay yes. too. Also, if people are pressuring you or they are giving you a hard time, I think a lot of the time that has 
way more to do about them than it has to do about you. You know, I know personally when people would say, oh, I don't drink or whatever, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Like as if I couldn't do that for myself. Like that is a huge thing. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Or, you know, I would maybe, I'm sure I had moments where I was like, oh no, you're not going to drink. And it made me feel like, oh, well, I don't want to drink without you drinking. And it becomes this weird thing, but you just got to like stay true to you. And I think just setting those goals of however long you, if whether it's taking a break, whether that's secretly knowing that like you never want to drink again, which was my case and just extending the break over and over, you just have to stay true to you and know that the people who love you and support you no matter what are going to always be on your side. For sure. Well, there's friends on one side and then there's dating on the other. So, oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner and drinks often go very much hand in hand in the dating scene. So, what is your best way to approach dating when sober? Because that's even more terrifying than going out to meet just like new friends. If you're going on a one-on-one date, that can be pretty intense and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I need that pre-drink to get me through this." A social lubricant, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's so weird is like, I haven't really experienced sober dating yet, but I'm going to be sober dating. So that's going to be an adventure <laughs> and I'll definitely have more insight once I'm doing that. But I think especially too, with like dating apps and everything, the cool thing is that you can see it has a little like wine emoji. It says like drink. And then you say like, yes or no smoke. Yes or no. So that can show them like, okay, like I don't drink ahead of time. Also, you know, maybe switching up dates and being like, Hey, let's grab coffee or tea or hey let's like go on a walk or hey let's go to this bakery I've been wanting to try out I mean and also you have to remember is like if someone's going to judge you for not drinking that's like not your person Mm -hmm. and also I'm like wouldn't someone who's like trying to find I mean it depends who knows they could be dating just to like have a one-night stand we don't know but if they're really looking for a genuine partner don't you want them to get the best version of you I I look back on my dating in New York which is freaking nuts and I just like think everything kind of got blurry at one point and if the date's going well then you're like bar hopping and then you like might go home with them when you really didn't want to or maybe that's like not who you are you're like I would never go home with someone on the first date but since like you were drinking and like your inhibitions were lowered maybe you'll say some things that you would never say so I think just like being open and honest and If they're going to feel some sort of weird way, then that's on them. And lucky them that they get the best version of you without alcohol. And also you can form those genuine connections and maybe just in daylight, like going to a coffee shop or any of that. And we're all searching for a great partner who's going to support us and connect with us. So if they're going to judge you based off of not drinking, then they're not for you. And great, you got that out of the way right away. But also like they get to know you. For all of you, not for a numbed version of you, not for like a drunk version who said something and maybe you forgot about it. I don't know. I think that's just something that's empowering. And like I said, I'm going to be going through this. So like more to come. (laughs) Stay tuned. But um, (laughs) yeah, I think it's nerve wracking, but I'm super excited to date sober because Mm -hmm. I think I dealt with like a lot of douchebags because you know, I would put up with more bullshit because I was drinking and I didn't remember some of the shitty things they said or did or whatever. Right. Well, my boyfriend of six years now was sober for eight years. So he was, I think, two or three years in when I first met him. And we sat down for our first date and he offered me a glass of wine, but he ordered a iced tea. And I think it's just about owning your decision. Like, 
I wanted that glass of wine. Like he wanted his iced tea and like neither of us made the other person feel uncomfortable for the decision they made. And I think that was, like you said, very empowering. And I think if you're the sober person who's deciding to order the iced tea, just own it. Just don't make the other person feel weird. You know, I'm getting an iced tea, but get a glass of wine. They have great white wine here, whatever it is. You know, I just think like let people own their decision without making them feel ashamed. And that would make the whole experience much smoother. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to, especially like normalizing being alcohol free. I think like you don't have to make excuses for the fact that you're not drinking like, oh, like I don't drink and like tiptoe around it. No, you can say with a period at the end of that sentence, like, yeah, I don't drink. I'm going to get a club soda with lime or I'm going to get see if they can make a mocktail from their cocktail list, which oftentimes Mm -hmm. they can. And people don't realize that it's just like being confident. In, and, and that takes time. It d- definitely takes time to navigate all of the things that you're going to experience for the first time. But again, I think that's so wonderful. Like, I think for me personally, it doesn't matter to me whether a partner drinks or not, because I'm so comfortable in the fact that I don't, you know, other people might be like, I need another sober partner because it can be triggering and stuff. But I'm like, I am so freaking happy being alcohol free. And I don't need like, if you're going to give me like sass or be weird to me, like, Okay, well, then you're not for me. But also, like, I'm so comfortable in my own skin and it's taken time, but like being booze free has allowed me to feel more beautiful in my own skin and allowed me to grow this confidence I never knew. I thought I was confident already. I'm a very positive person and I'm in theater and you kind of have have to have some confidence to get so many no's for casting, but it's just like a whole nother level now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you do have a very strong personality. So, if it's someone, for example, who's way more shy and is just like incredibly socially awkward and they can hardly get a word in and they feel like they need that drink, what can they do to like come out of their shell without the alcohol? Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard when you are shy. It's going to take a little bit of extra work and you know, maybe that takes a few dates to really come out of your shell. I don't think you should ever have to force yourself to be someone that you're not. And someone going to love like you for shy you if that's who you are. And I think it also just, it's spending the time with yourself. I think getting sober has allowed me to really reevaluate a lot in my life, my relationships, my relationship to myself. Um, So I think that comes in a lot of the work with yourself. I'm in like a phase of my life where I am very much working myself, going to therapy, doing all the things, journaling, just like doing what I love so that when the time comes for me to date again or when the time comes for me to let someone else into my life, I feel so good with myself that I'm al- I'm able to bring someone else, you know, into my life. So mm-hmm. I think like if you're not ready to maybe open up to someone or not ready for that, like being with yourself, like you're always going to have yourself and the relationship you have with yourself is the most important. And so just maybe focusing on that and maybe like gearing yourself up, like doing a little, like putting on your favorite music before the day, kind of amping yourself up in other ways that don't involve alcohol. Because at the end of the day, alcohol is just going to, yeah, lower your inhibitions, but it's also going to numb some of the great parts of you. You know, you're not going to be fully yourself or fully present And I think in a date, it's so important to be fully present, to be like, is this a person that I could go on a second date with or potentially see something more with? Yes or no. Now I know. And I clearly know. True. 
Now, I know that getting sober is, of course, a very personal experience that I'm sure is very different for each person. But within your community, do you find that there's a big hurdle that's very commonly one of the hardest parts of getting sober? I think just starting is hard. I always just like praise people for even realizing that they have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol because that is a huge first step to just be like, wow, this is no longer serving me. Wow, this is not allowing me to be the best version of myself. That's huge. And you got to give yourself credit and you got to give yourself grace throughout everything. But especially in the beginning, I think navigating cravings can be really hard and confusing. And that's why I created No Booze Babes. I wanted there to be a community, a safe space to know that you're not alone, to know that you are supported, to know that there are other people out there who are living their best life alcohol free. You know, again, going back to the glamorizing sobriety, I'm like, I've never felt more beautiful. I'm like, you can still take the fab Instagram pictures. You can still make fabulous mocktails and have a glass in your hand and feel glamorous and feel beautiful. So I think just navigating those first kind of few months, it took me honestly the three months to realize, okay, so why am I having this craving? Am I associating making dinner with my boyfriend with pouring a glass of wine? Am I, you know what I mean? Kind of getting over those hurdles, going out for the first time and not drinking. And you kind of also, when you go out not drinking, you kind of notice when things are like fun and when they're not fun, you're like, wow, this place sucks and this bathroom is disgusting. Like, but if I was drunk, I'd be like, la la la. So you realize what's fun and not fun, but it is hard navigating those first steps. And that's why I have so many people DM me on No Booze Babes. And I'm like, I am here. My DMs are always open, no judgment zone, whether you're here for a little bit, you're taking a break, you're pregnant and just want booze free options. Like I got you. And that's why it's called no booze babes, because obviously I call myself sober, but I know how that can be kind of a scary word for people. So I'm like, okay, cool. No booze babes, because no booze, whether that's for a temporary amount of time or whether that's forever. Yeah. Did you see any physical differences from sobriety? Like, did your skin clear up or did you lose any weight or did you gain weight? Like, what changes happened within your body from becoming sober? Well, for me personally, my skin definitely cleared up. I I feel like I've had pretty clear skin, but just I wouldn't get those kind of problem like zits and stuff. Like, I think because when I was drinking, oftentimes I would come home and be like, oh my God, I don't want to be hungover. Let me like eat all this crap. And so obviously like, you're more aware of what you're putting into your body because you're not putting alcohol into your body and you're not putting, you know, not all the time, that like greasy Chinese food or whatever. Also, I noticed just looking back on pictures, I definitely lost weight. I've always been a pretty thin person, but looking back when I was heavily drinking, my cheeks were just so bloated and puffy and I was just a lot puffier. And I also saw it like on kind of like the sides of my stomach, like kind of love handle area. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, when I was drinking at, like drinking the most, I almost had like even little cellulite on my stomach and just honestly, like you're healing your body from the inside out by not consuming alcohol. And so I definitely saw those physical changes that, you know, I didn't do it for that. I did it for, you know, feeling good. But honestly, when you feel good on the inside, because your body gets to actually heal and your liver gets to get a break, then that shows outwardly as well. And they call it like a sober glow. Like you just have a glow about you. I think cause you're just a little happier and your body's a lot happier. A hundred percent. When I maybe have a big shoot coming up or a big trip or just a big milestone moment in my life, 
I clean up my diet and no alcohol is 100% a big part of that because like you said, if you feel good, you look good. And if I do take like a good two, three weeks off to like get to this milestone moment and feel my best, I definitely see a massive, massive difference. And I know cutting even just those one or two nights of drinks a week makes a world of a difference for sure but I want to get into mocktails and this can go two different ways I want to hear your favorite alcohol-free cocktails and then I want to hear like your favorite drinks so like I know you love Ken I saw on your Instagram I love Ken Ken is great I love ritual is this company that has three different alcohol-free spirits and their tequila is like amazing I love a spicy margarita I know one of you mentioned in your, when you're, okay <laughs> I love a virgin spicy margarita uh, my sister is also sober and so we go to happy hours still we still do all the things that you can do with your girlfriends whenever we just like nix the alcohol so we like go to gracias madres one of our favorite like vegan in Mexican places and we always get virgin mm. spicy margaritas and the cool thing is Ritual has an amazing tequila I went through a bottle in a week because I was literally making it for every family member whether they liked it or not I also love just like a booze-free bubbly there are a lot of great ones and my favorite is groovy uh, they make a Prosecco as well as a sparkling rosé um, and they come in like individual little bottles so they're really fun if you're hosting like a brunch or like a birthday party and you put them at everyone's like place setting you can still like be bougie without booze I'm just telling you everyone listening like <laughs> there are so many non-alcoholic wines there's a recent brand that I worked with called Geeson and they just have an amazing winery in general but they made the world's first alcohol-free Sauvignon Blanc and seriously it smells like it and it tastes like Sauvignon Blanc and maybe it's just because I haven't drank in so long but I've had my girlfriends who do drink and they're like oh my god this is really impressive like you can still have a fabulous glass of wine without the booze in it and my favorite non-alcoholic beer would probably be Heineken 0.0 just because it is so easily accessible. A lot of grocery stores are carrying it now. And you babes in New York have a place called Spirited Away and it's an alcohol-free bottle shop. It's on the Lower East Side. Oh my God. Yeah. And there's also another one opening and it's going to be in Cobble Hill. It's, I forget what it's called. I think it's a French name, but there are just so many options. And I feel like especially during this pandemic, a lot of people have turned to social media and I've seen Nobu's Babes grow significantly. And people also drank a lot in COVID because it's like, we're freaking bored or like, what mm -hmm. do we do? Or what else is there to do? And I've seen so many of these non-alcoholic companies just pop up on my pages all the time. And it's just amazing to see all these options. So yeah, I know I really just tumbleweeded into all of that. these things, but I'm so passionate about booze-free options. And there are so many. I actually had a series on my YouTube, which I haven't gone back to in a while. I should probably pick it back up, but it was called Sober Sips. And um, I review non-alcoholic options because I think also about non-alcoholic options is that oftentimes they're not accessible. So you'll have to like order them and then there's like shipping prices and all of these things. So I kind of wanted to like alleviate that for people and be like, okay, well, is this worth actually buying? Like, let me tell you what I think personally, because it does cost a pretty penny sometimes to be booze free and not everyone has the access to alcohol free options, depending on where you are in the world. Before we get into our last question, do you ever see yourself drinking again? I don't. 
I I think now that I've like seen how great life could be without alcohol, I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm going back. You could not pay me to have another hangover. I just feel like, and this is gonna sound so cheesy, but I really feel like I've like blossomed without the booze. And I just never knew how beautiful and wonderful and fulfilling life could be. And also I'm just so inspired by this community and um, how I've been able to connect with so many people from all over the world. And it's been just the most fulfilling decision I've ever made in my life. And I wish I did it sooner, but everyone has their path. And I'm just glad that this is mine. Right. When you know, you know. Mm -hmm. But I want to finish up this episode with a question that we ask all our guests. What are three products or gadgets that you can't live without? It can be anything from like an app to a no boost cocktail you like, anything that comes to mind. Okay. Well, first thing would be my ice roller. Every morning, get that out of my freezer, a little ice roll, a little deep blow, deep puff with my coffee. And another thing would be, I mean, I don't think I could choose one booze-free option, but refer to the list I just stated of some of my favorites <laughs> because honestly that's kept me sober and kept me feeling like I'm not left out in social situations and just really fun to try different things um what else ah uh, she can sing <laughs> um <laughs> right. I don't know what else I mean I'm on my phone a lot let's see what apps that I like also maybe this is kind of a gross one but I don't know if anyone uses a tongue scraper but it is life-changing oh my I found God, it I from the skinny confidential because I freaking love her same um yeah <laughs> obsessed you guys give me that vibe just saying all the pink everything you know I'm we'll all about take that it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess those are random, but right now I'm obsessed with TikTok and I, I got to get off of it. I saw you guys did a TikTok fab. We try. <laughs> I'm very proud. It's not, e- I don't know how these people do it, but the time that goes into it is just next level. I thought Instagram yeah. was hard. I'm very impressed with people who can do that. Well, if you could let our listeners know where they could find you, your YouTube, where your community's at, what your Instagram handle is, all of the above, we need to know. Yeah, well, you can find me at No Booze Babes on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and then my sister and I have a podcast called The Real Sisters of Sobriety, and it is love. streaming wherever you, we love a housewife's moment, we love <laughs> to keep it real, we're on a little hiatus right now, but season two will be coming. I think that's it. Amazing. Well, thank you, Shay. This has been such an interesting conversation, and we really appreciate you coming on here and sharing all of this with us. Thank you so much for having me on and for just being open to just spread the word about being booze free because it can be beautiful. We hope you stuck around because now we are getting into our Q&A section. So we're answering two questions that you guys sent into our Instagram page. Let's get going. Number one, tips for greasy hair. So I don't necessarily get greasy hair too much, but I don't know, try getting some dry shampoo and just like don't overwash your hair. Overwashing meaning once a day or more because you're going to make your hair produce way more oil because you're stripping it of all of its natural oils. Totally. I agree with that. And also the whole conditioner just on the ends of your hair. Don't do that. You need those good conditioning oils on your scalp or else your scalp's going to dry out and produce more oils. So I think that's one good tip. And then also I would say this tip that I just recently learned. I've always complained my whole life that if I put in like an oil into my hair, like a miracle oil or keratin oil or something after my showers, my hair's greasy. So I just don't put in any oils. And my friend Lexi just told me, don't put your oils in until your hair is dry. She's like, oil and water don't mix. Wait till your hair's dry and then do it. And I did that game changer so now I can use keratin oil without getting a greasy scalp so 
I could never put conditioner in my scalp. Yours doesn't go greasy? No, no. Mine goes greasy when I do the opposite, when I don't condition up there. Well, try out both ways and see what works for you. (laughs) It's not so simple, guys. (laughs) Number two, what is your go-to party trick? This is a fun one. Um, Party trick. So I guess that's something you pull out when you're buzzed and you're around a bunch of friends and you're trying to show off. Um, If the drinks hit me just right, I will do a back handspring, like a little backflip. Like depends on who I'm with. I'm not in the middle of a club, like whipping out a back handspring. But if I'm like with a fun group of girlfriends and like in the right environment and the drinks hit me just that way, I'll whip out my back handspring from cheerleading in high school. I think mine's even worse, to be honest. I used to think I was really cool and I would do the worm. No. Yeah, no, okay, but just to know, I was about 13, okay? It was cool (laughs) back then. It was cool back then, but you won't find me doing any worms these days. I never thought the girl or the boy or whoever it was doing the worm was cool. It was always just like, whoa. Let me have my moment, Jesus. (laughs) I mean, I'm doing a backflip. It's not much better, but. Something else that I'm, a boss at is table football so if there's a table football machine at a party i am kicking everyone's ass or beer pong table football you know those table football machines with the little men that you oh what do we call we call that foosball foosball boss at it foosball which is on Uh uh-huh wow cool love that (laughs) for you all right guys thank you for tuning into this very interesting episode we really hope you enjoyed it and please don't forget to leave us a little rating and review on apple Podcasts and subscribe to our channel you know where to find us when we're not podcasting we are on our instagram page at the not so simple life podcast give us a follow shoot us a message we love hearing from you guys and until then we will see you guys next tuesday